Episode number 40. The media wants to know why fast food chains seem to have a higher rate of violent crime. Why are they so dangerous? This is the Crime School Radio Show. Where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert Chris McGoey. Welcome to Crime School. I'm often called by the media anytime there's some violent incident at a fast food restaurant. And the questions become very similar after a while about why are these fast food restaurants so dangerous? Why do they seem to have a higher violent crime rate than any other property? Well, of course, they're reacting to some recent incident, and that's the reason why they're writing the article. There is a general sense out there that fast food restaurants or late-night restaurants are just simply more dangerous than others. But if they were to do more deep research into the story, they would find that fast food restaurants are, are many other things, including not always being that dangerous place that it's tagged with. Fast food restaurants, or as the industry likes to call themselves, quick service restaurants, I guess that sounds better, really has a full 24-hour, seven-day-a-week life cycle. They have definite trends and patterns in in breakfast sales, where you have a, a specific clientele, people running off to work, parents taking their children to school, or before or after church. They have a distinct lunch crowd often where it gets very crowded fast for a few hours, servicing maybe people that are in a hurry or they have limited lunch time. Then there's a uh, afternoon time where maybe there's a lull, but it's a time where you often see people having a meeting or reading or taking advantage of free Wi-Fi, especially at Starbucks. Then there's a dinner crowd. Then there's a nighttime crowd. And the reputation that hangs over fast food restaurants many times hovers around the late night crowd, the after midnight crowd, when the creatures of the night are out, after the bars closed, and there's going to be a higher percentage of people that are under the influence of alcohol or drugs, or maybe loitering in the parking lot. That's the stuff that the media latches onto. And that's the reputation that gets hung around the neck of many or most fast food restaurants. So for today's show, I'm really just answering questions. Nick Rose from Vice Media out of Montreal, Canada called, and he asked me that same question. Why the heck are fast food restaurants so dangerous? Why do they have such a high rate of violent crime? And then basically to me as a fast food security expert, What are they doing about it, or what can they do about it? So that'll be the topic of today's show. So let me get Nick Rose on the line and try to answer some of his questions about fast food restaurant security and violence at fast food restaurants. Stick around for a moment while I get Nick Rose on the line. So 
for this article, uh, we're kind of exploring why there seems to be a higher rate of violence that occurs, uh, violent crimes that occur at fast food restaurants. I was wondering what it was about these restaurants that seemed to make them more dangerous. Well, first of all, you have to define what a fast food restaurant is. Technically, convenience stores are fast food as well and, okay. and other things. As long as it's packaged food, it's ready to go, it's, it's quick, that's all fast food. So are you talking about the, the ones that usually have like a drive-through and maybe seating inside? Yeah, more specifically those ones, yeah. Well, you kind of threw every fast food outlet, every fast food chain, you sort of threw them all into the same bucket. And your question started out with the premise that all fast food restaurants are dangerous, and, and that's just not true. Some of them are. Most of the ones that are hiring crime are because of several factors. First and foremost is location, where it is. Most of the high crime ones are in urban areas with a fairly dense population and also that operate 24 hours a day and are on usually major thoroughfares or uh, adjacent to highways at a freeway exit, things like that. So it makes it highly desirable for, if we're talking robberies as far as violence, those are the factors that affect the crime of robbery, that they're easy to get into, they're they're quick and fast. That's, you know, hence the name fast food. Uh, A robber can come in and rob the place or customers that are there. And they could usually hop on a major thoroughfare or freeway and be gone. I mean, they could be in a completely different area in a matter of minutes. The other factor with fast food, if we're talking about the standard corporate fast food model, most of them have seating inside. So you could buy your food and you could consume it there. So anytime you have seating and you're open late, you know, and it's a well-lighted place, it becomes a gathering place. So certain groups may tend to hang out there. For periods of time. And that's another contributing factor. If that particular fast food restaurant becomes a, quote, hangout for certain groups, then you're likely to have more problems where they're going to run up against maybe other groups or, or people they have uh, problems with. The same thing goes at the parking lot. If they're not inside your restaurant seated, you know, eating a meal, they might just hang out outside. Again, because usually it's a well-lighted place. It's open. And it's a place to come and hang out and loiter and meet people. That becomes problematic too. And it becomes even worse if people are hanging out and they're drinking or if they're involved in drugs or some restaurants, some of the worst ones that I work, they become the place for drug sales because there's automatic traffic, right? People are coming and going. So it doesn't look suspicious if cars are pulling in and out or so it makes a perfect place for someone to who's selling drugs to hang out and, and make that the meetup place. I mean, I can go on and on. There's a list of 100 things simply because okay. of the nature of the premises that, that might contribute to it being, you know, more dangerous than other places. Yeah, so in part, you know, the, the accessibility that's at the core of the success of these restaurants uh, is the same thing that makes them vulnerable. That's one of the factors for robbery. Yeah. Uh, primarily, it's one of the factors that makes it vulnerable is that they're accessible. And the hours, if they're 24 hours, they just have more exposure. I mean, most people uh, are, are up and about during the day. Most traffic in most cities is happens in the daytime or, or evening hours. Once you get past 10 p.m. and into the early morning hours, the traffic falls off drastically. 
And uh, there's just a lot of bad guys that are still up, maybe unemployed, whatever, just out and about. That's the time that they're out. Uh, the other interesting thing about early morning hours, at least in the U.S., the bars close at 2 a.m. And when the bars close okay. and people pour out onto the street, one of the first things they do is head to someplace where they can get food. And fast food restaurants are a natural thing. So around 2 a.m.-ish, many fast food restaurants are loaded up with people that might be under the influence or intoxicated. And that's not always a good thing when you have people coming together and that may be intoxicated, stuff happens at well. So it sort of aggravates the situation. Yeah. And I know from my own experience when I, you know, if and when I'm intoxicated, you know, people tend to crave food that's high in sugar and fats and inexpensive. Could be correct. That might be uh, just the reason. I think it's more about okay. just quick and easy and, and everybody seems to know where they are. You could just run in, grab something to stuff down your face and maybe offset the effects of alcohol and you're good to go. And what can a security expert like yourself do to minimize these, uh, these issues? Well, what I do, I do evaluations. So I have to evaluate the nature of, of the premises. So any particular fast food location that is calling me because they're concerned about high crime, they don't know how to fix it. It's a matter of going to that location, making observations, interviewing staff and people, and just watching, uh, reading police reports, looking at the history. Uh, what's happened there before is kind of a, a really good indicator of what's likely to happen in the future. So when I see a, a restaurant on paper that has a high number of, of police calls for service, a high number of prior incidents involving people loitering and assaultive type crimes that indicates people hanging out. If I see evidence of drug activity, gang activity, I mean, it's sort of writing the book, writing the script for me before I even go, I could see that the nature of this premises is that people like to go there, hang out and spend time. And that's not being corrected. There's nobody on site that's controlling that property during those critical time periods. So it's a matter of changing the nature of that premises. If you want the crime rate to go down, it's not a matter of just posting a security guard there like a lot of people might think is the first reaction. You really need to look at all the conditions that's causing it to be a hangout. So if you want to fix the, the crime problems, you have to stop making it a hangout for those people likely to be committing those crimes or those assaults. So if it's a matter of bar rush, you could watch it for a period of time. You could look, look at your sales trends and see if there's a spike around 2 a.m. And there might be ways of, of adjusting that. Some properties, frankly, uh, we simply have to limit the hours. You simply have to close by, let's say, midnight, for example, because the bar rush is too severe and there's really no way of managing it properly under the circumstances. It might be a matter of uh, changing the access points, how you get in and out. It might be a matter of removing some of the parking places that were used by these loiterers, these car clubs or these groups of teenagers who might hang out. Uh, you might have to implement policies in the parking lot that if you're on the property, you got to be in your car eating your food or you have to leave. You can't be standing outside your car with the music blasting. So there's a lot of little things you could tweak to bring the property back under control. And do you think that the employees at these restaurants are getting sufficient training in terms of how to deal with a crisis situation? The short answer is no. 
the uh, employees that work in fast food restaurants, it's a, it's a pretty standard pool of people. It's an entry-level uh, type job. They're not going to be security people. They're not going to be highly trained in crowd management or anything like that. And they're inside. The nature of a fast food restaurant, it's, it's a box, right? All the employees are inside. There's usually windows on one side of this box, but none on the other side. So back in the prep area where most of the employees are, they literally cannot see outside. There has to be some arrangement for the fast food restaurant to have surveillance outside or someone monitoring behavior outside. So it's either a manager or an extra assistant manager on duty going out, taking laps around the building and monitor the parking lot periodically, enforcing rules you know, to stop the loitering and and things like that, or people that might drink in the the car, or they hire a security guard. And that's often where it breaks down. They hire a security guard without any real instructions or uh, any specific rules to enforce, and they're not very effective. But as a rule of thumb, the employees that simply work there, the service workers, usually are not very good at enforcing rules. And dealing with the clientele, which may not be very receptive to rules. Yeah, that's correct. And they're not going to give the uh, service workers a lot of respect when they come out and tell them to quiet down or you have to leave or you have to get back into your car. They're just going to get a lot of grief uh, for that. And the the service workers, frankly, for what they're being paid, are just not going to want to do that. I, I can't really blame them. Uh, just to be clear about what we discussed earlier, uh, so would you say that uh, what you refer to as quick service restaurants are more susceptible or to violent crime than other kinds of restaurants? Some restaurants are. Some fast food restaurants are flat dangerous. Most are not. And then the ones that have special problems, usually you get isolated to a certain time of day. I help some properties that are near a high school, for example, and they get this huge influx of teenagers coming in after school gets out. Or if there's a football game, you might get certain rushes. So you really need to an, uh, analyze a property on its own merits and deal with situations that's driving the unwanted traffic. And it's usually isolated between certain days of the week and certain hours of the day. And those can be managed then. You could overlay some systems or some procedures or personnel to manage those times where it's you know, more risky or, or more aggressive activity than others. What do you think about uh, implementing like like panic buttons like they have in uh, banks? No, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't recommend it ever. What's a panic button? It sends an alarm. What does the alarm mean? How is it to be interpreted? Is it a robbery? Is it a sexual assault? Is it a shooting? Did someone just get murdered or is someone just outside yelling at someone and someone hits the panic button? What does it mean? And then the panic button alarm is not going to go to the police department. It's going to go to some intermediate security alarm monitoring company. And all they're going to do is turn around, call back the restaurant and say, what's going on? So they could have short-circuited all that just by calling the police directly and explaining what's going on now. Hostile activity is still active. Are the perpetrators still there or have they left? That's all the information that the police need to respond to it. If you had any advice for for young men and women who do work in these settings, uh, what would it be regarding their general safety vis-a-vis violent crime? Well, the employees are not in control. They just work there. 
they show up and they're mm-hmm. trying to do their job. And most of the job for service workers doesn't involve security or safety. Most of it involves food preparation. For the managers at work, part of their job might be to to call the police. It might be to enforce rules, and uh, and that's going to vary by uh, by location. So those managers need to be alert and need to get out from behind the counter and get out into the the seating area and get outside to see what's really going on and then act appropriately. Which could be facilitated by further training for these employees. Yeah, certainly nothing like training, nothing like having enough staff, nothing like paying them well enough to keep them uh, motivated and, and following up and closely supervising that you get more things done that way. When I go to a property that's completely out of control, I find that the employees and the managers are frightened. They want to stay inside. They don't dare approach anyone, say anything, and they're just afraid at that point. So the employees that are there on the real dangerous properties aren't doing anything to really resolve the issues. Thank you very much, Chris. Okay, good luck with the story. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I try to present a variety of educational topics, but keeping with the theme of making places safe for people and property. Share these episodes to attract others who may want to learn and benefit from this content. Thank you for participating in Crime School and for doing your part in making places safe. This is the Crime School Radio Show with your host, Chris McGoey. We invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit crimeschool.com.